0: Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. We have been, over the last uh, several weeks, we have been uh, studying, and been, I've been teaching a series entitled Alive. And this series, um, I don't know, God gave it, gave it to me, put it in my heart to, to give some keys and some things that, that we need to truly experience a fully alive life in Christ. I mean, that was the goal from day one. Jesus came, he conquered death, hell in the grave, and he, he became alive. And then the Bible says we can, as a result, have life. Amen? And so I believe there are a lot of things that the enemy will use to hinder and stop the flow of us stepping into and fully experiencing what God has for us. And so over the last several weeks, we've been teaching this series called Alive, and, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, all the topics uh, all begin with F, and he just gave them to me that way, and, and so that's how I've been teaching them. But we've, we've studied topics like faith, fear, forgiveness. How I many know we have to act that one out often, daily? sometimes hourly, Uh, failure, and how to overcome that, Uh, finances, family. And those are just some of the things that we've studied. And and each of our messages are are online, and I'd encourage you to just go back and listen to God's Word and let that just build your faith and uh, help you overcome the fears and the struggles and the worry about failure and all those things that may come and and may hinder your life fully alive in Him. And and today, it's it's interesting how God just kind of lays it all out, but today, the F word that I'm going to share today is future. And I want to talk about the future. I want to talk about the future that God has for us. And so I believe as we study this word today, guys on the front row, smile at me. Yes. Aren't you excited? You're a graduate. Uh, I do believe that this is a word for you guys. I really do. But I, I believe that God wants to say something to each of us in this room today. I don't believe this is just for the front row. I believe God wants to speak to each of our hearts today. And so I want to share some things. And, uh, and as we kind of prepare and get you guys ready and for ourselves, step into the future that God has planned for us. And so you have to do this. You have to see that even as you kind of get this big picture about the future, you don't miss right now. Amen, we miss that so many times. And, uh, and I-, I wanted to show you guys, this this was Graduate Sunday, I wanted to use something, some type of smart quote. So I'm going to quote Albert Einstein and uh, just to show you guys uh, how brilliant I am. Um, <clears throat> it says that there are only two ways to live your life. One is though nothing is a miracle, and the other is though everything is a miracle. And so I hope today that you'll see the ladder and grab hold of the ladder. And I hope I think Adam Einstein was on to something. I don't know what his approach was to that. But I believe he was on to something that we need to see that each day is a miracle and it is a gift from God. And so we see things in Scripture, and God puts things in our heart. and He tells us to do things like don't worry about tomorrow. But at the same time, I think he would have us prepare for tomorrow. I think he would have us have a plan in place Always be sensitive to his plan, and if his, his plan trumps ours, he would have us do something else. We always listen to the voice of God and go that direction, but I believe there are things in Scripture that God would have us be prepared, and there are things in Scripture that he would have us to see when it comes to our future, and so this is one of those verses that it's just pretty cool. Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of those verses that gets used a lot. It gets quoted, and, and I love it. It's a good verse, but I think a lot of times we just pull that verse out and not even understand sometimes what's surrounding that and even maybe the context in which this is written. So I want you to just kind of just, just hear this and grab hold of this for just a moment. This was written as a letter by the prophet Jeremiah to a group of captives in Babylon. Okay, these are a group of captives. These aren't just people walking around. This is a group of people who are captive in Babylon. And the word Babylon, Babel, which we know, Tower of Babel, if you've ever heard that story, it is the word confusion. So this is written to a group of people who are in a place of of turmoil and who are trapped into a place of confusion. And I was like, man, God, he he just hit me with that. And I said, if ever before I believe this front row and a lot of us in this place are having to deal with a place of confusion. We're living in a world and we're living in a time right now where there's really no right or wrong anymore. I mean, it's just sad. It's just where we're at. I mean, there's no black or white. There's an eerie gray, this mixture of things. And and we're just able to just say that we just have to just deal with everything, accept everything, look at everything. But if anything in this book contradicts anything that we're doing in our life, we need to do this. We need to step back and pull back and say, God, what's your word say about this? This generation right here and these young people over here, guys, they have been brought up, indoctrinated with things, that we've never had to hear or deal with. They're being told things in the school systems that we would have never heard. If we ever heard those things, our parents would be on the front steps of the school, riding, picking, and doing something about it. And then they're hearing things today that are contradicting words of God. They're going to go off. Many of you guys are going to step out of the high school arena. You're going to step onto a college campus, and then even more so, you're going to get indoctrinated with lies. We today, we go into our workplace, we click on the internet, we turn on the news, and we're continually being hit and being blasted with things that are not truth. And then we look at the situation and we say, wonder why these guys are so confused. Because they go to church and hear one thing. They go to the world and hear another. And then I believe what happens in this mass world we're living in is a place of confusion. But God said this, in the middle of confusion... Oh, man, I feel it right now. In the middle of confusion, he has a future and a hope for you. He has blessings for you. He has things that are for us and that God has prepared for us. And this is how we understand to get into this stuff. The apostle Paul said in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. This is not, this, so he's saying this, this is just a reasonable thing. This is just a, this, this is the, the minor, this is just a reasonable deal. This is not asking anything above and beyond. We should just come before him and present ourselves to him. So verse 2 says this, so that we're not conformed to this world, but, say it with me, transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I want, you to, I want you guys to say this, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A lot of times we do this. We say, God, prove your will. Have your will. Have your way in my life. You're coming to this, this place, guys, and you're stepping out into a new level. You're going to a new place, and you're saying, I want you to have your I want your will for my life. And he says, this is how you do it. You prove it. You prove it. You prove God's will for your life by not being conformed to the world but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, setting our minds on him, getting our minds off the confusion, off the chaos, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, and then we focus on him. So we see today that each of us in this room, God has a plan for a purpose for our life. But when we get caught up in confusion, we miss it. So I'm going to do this, God. I'm going to give you three things. And uh, I know you ain't taking notes in a while since you graduates and and all that kind of stuff, but uh, in your mind, in your heart, Maybe on your telephone, take these notes, get this word in your heart today. Just don't text during church. But uh, three things today that we need to remember as we step into the future. Okay? Three things today God's given me that we need to, to, to look at when we step into the future. And it's in our text, verse by verse. So Jeremiah 29, 11, it says this. First thing is, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Number one is this, understand that you're on his mind. Understand that you're on his mind. This big holy God that we were singing to a while ago, we were lifting our hands to, we were praying to, talking to, made it available and possible for you to come into this room today is thinking about you. That's tough. I mean, that that is sometimes tough to grasp, to think that this amazing, awesome, sovereign God is thinking about us right now. Right now, you're on his mind. Right now, he's doing this. He has thoughts towards you. And I know sometimes you get into a difficult place and you start saying, man, God's wanting this for my life. God's thinking this. He's trying to do this in my life. You have to look at Scripture. You have to look at the Bible to find out what God's thinking about you. So what's God thinking about you right now? He's thinking that in this moment, thoughts towards you and thoughts that will give you peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Don't ever lose hope. Never lose hope. Never lose the hope. Let, regardless of what's happening, regardless of what's going on in your life, know today that you're on his mind. I mean, just, just, just for a second, try to grasp that, that you're on his mind. He right now, in, in, in his, his omnipotent, awesome power, in this seated above the heavens, the Bible says this earth is his footstool. Come on, think for a second. This earth is his footstool. He's propped up right now, and this big God with his feet propped on this earth is thinking about us in this room. So, this is what you have to do. You have to, when when things get ugly and, and things aren't working out for you, and you think he's nowhere to be found. You're saying, where are you at? I don't think you care anymore. I don't think you. I'm the furthest thing from your mind, God. That's not true because God's word tells us right now he has thoughts towards you. In the midst of confusion, in the midst of Babylon, guys, as you step into a world that I wish was different, remember, right now, God's thinking about you. Tomorrow, he's going to be thinking about you. The day after that, you're going to be on his mind. Amen. I'm thankful today that he's on our mind. Look at your neighbor and say you're on his mind. Amen. Your own is mine. Second thing is this. Verse 12. I want you to read this with me. It says this. It says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Number two things we have to do is this. We have to always call on Jesus. Always, always call on Jesus. Uh, Tim, put that message uh, Bible back up, that version of uh, verse 12. It says this. It says that when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. Is that not beautiful? When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. We've been uh, doing this. If if you're a parent or a grandparent of a graduate, can you just raise your hand for just a second? If you're here, you're part of family, and you you, can we give those guys a hand just for a second? (laughs) Amen. We here honoring the graduates. Especially this year, they forked out some stuff, some cash and some jack and and they 'd had to go above and beyond and, and deal with stuff man it's just it gets nuts, it gets crazy as you think about all the stuff that kind of surrounds this. This has been a very big week for them. This has been a very big year for you guys. This is the last year in in the in twelfth in the grade in high school man you 're moving on you 're stepping up, stepping out i mean it's a big week, and so we 've had to do this, and a lot of you parents can relate you 've put a lot of attention towards them. You've put a lot of effort in their direction. You've, you've opened up the billfold more times than you wanted to. Come on, somebody, Jesus. I feel him right now. And you've had to fork it out. You've had to write the check. You've had to do a lot of things. And you're wondering, man, what's the school system doing with all this? You know, what's Justin's doing with all It don't cost that much to make a rent. You know, whatever it is. I mean, it's just you see that stuff and you're putting all this out. And for me, I kind of sit back and I got to thinking about this. And and I, I love this young lady who's sitting on the front row, my daughter and uh, my seed. My, my, come on, right there. Man, woman of God. I love her. And we have, we've contributed a lot and all you guys know what I'm talking about, but I sat back this week and I kind of thought for a minute, you know, my my two sons that we kind of thrown in the background this weekend. Yeah, They've been kind of thrown in the background, and, and they've had to just go with the flow and, and sit through stuff and ceremonies and, and awards and, and all those types of things. And I sat back and had that stuff kind of going through my mind. And we know their days coming, and it's going to be a good day for them, and we'll recognize those and during that time. But I got to thinking about something. God is always available to all of his kids all the time in every way. In every day, in every situation, he's always available for us. A. W. Tozer, great man of God, said this. He said, "An infinite God, an infinite God, can give all of Himself to each of His children, but He does not distribute Himself that each may have a part. But to each one, He gives all of Himself, as full as if there were no others." Come on, just think for a second. I know sometimes, I mean, I've even seen people who are going through a struggle, and sometimes I say, well, man, my my situation is maybe not as bad as theirs. You know, they're going through a harder time, so I shouldn't even sometimes trouble God with this. Uh, And I I think sometimes the enemy puts those thoughts into our mind and say, well, you know, God really is not concerned about you. He doesn't care about that situation. Yeah, he loves you. sent his son, all that kind of stuff. He wants you to go to heaven, but that's no big deal to him. God cares about every situation. And he, unlike us this week, has has not had to distribute. He has been able, in every situation, we can always go to him. We can always cry out and call out to him. We can always speak to him. And that scripture says, call on me. When you come and pray to me, I'll listen. I'll listen. And here's the good news about Jesus. He'll never fail you. He'll never fail you. There's folks sitting in this room. There's a man standing on this stage that'll fail you. But God never will. Your parents that you love and have done a lot for you, they'll fail you. You're going to go to a school, and you're going to make connections. You're going to become friends with people, and they're going to get on your nerves. And they're going to fail you. They're going to fall. You're going to put some hope and trust in them, expecting something different. And there's going to be times when they fail you. But here's the good news about Jesus. He never fails. There's never been a time in my life in 43 years that he's ever failed me, and I give him praise. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, always call him Jesus. Amen. Number three, verse thirteen. This is good. Verse thirteen says, "This you will seek me, find me when you search for me with all your heart. With all your heart." Third thing, the final thing is this: give him your all. Give him your all. Don't don't live your life with regrets saying, when it's all said and done, I should have gave Jesus more. I should have surrendered this area of my life. I've never sat down with anyone. In all my years of ministry, I've never sat down with anyone who's ever regretted surrendering an area to, to Jesus. I've never sat down and spent time in counsel or in fellowship in any way talking to someone and saying, man, I wish I wouldn't have given that to God. I'm telling you, as you give every area to God, as you surrender things to him, he opens up blessings to you. Mother Teresa said this. She said, refuse God nothing, and in turn, trust that God will not refuse anything to you. Amen. Give God everything. I saw an illustration one time, and I, mean, I thought it was so cool. It was years ago, but it stuck in my mind that life was related to like a bounce beam and to this, this big, great athlete who was, who was able to do the great, wonderful tricks on the balance beam. We didn't have room on the stage, and I didn't have one in my garage. So I didn't bring one. I would I, I love to have had one, had a balance beam on the stage. And so I was like, this is the best thing I've got. Maybe the cameraman can hang with me. And so this stage is the best thing I've got. I think a lot of times we do this. I think a lot of times we get in our mind. I, I saw this, I, I guess, Thursday at our at, or Friday, whenever you graduated, faith, whenever that was, I, I, I saw those graduates taking the hat off, man, slinging them up in the air, and, and yeah, and, and I mean, just pumped, excited, high fiving, hugging, and they were just so, so ready. So ready. It's a lot like us a lot of times. I've seen it in Christians. I've seen it in new believers. I've seen it in people who maybe been in this thing a while, but they come and they get in their mind. They're go- they're going to do this great, incredible thing. They're going to do it, man. They're going to, and they're like that Olympic athlete, and they get up on the balance beam, and they get ready. And I'm telling you, this. I, I just, man. I'll tell you, I wish I could do this. And and they get up and they want to do their thing, and then they go and they come and they do a triple axel, summer something, and and they do it, <laughs> and, and then they 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 wipe out. Something happens, and they say, wait a minute, that hurt. I didn't know it was going to feel like that when I fall. pastor didn't say that was going to happen when, when this bad, you know, terrible situation came into my life. I, I thought it was going to be better than that. And so we do this a lot of times. We get back up on the balance beam, and because something didn't go our way the first time, because maybe something didn't didn't work out the way we was hoping it would. We get back up on the balance beam and then we do this. We're getting ready. We're gonna make it we're gonna make it, man. Triple axle one on them. And then we're gonna we're gonna do it. And then we get up on the beam and then we start looking and then we start doing this. We start saying, Wait a minute. I remember what it felt like when I fell. I remember what it felt like when somebody hurt me. I'm not gonna trust anybody else. I remember what it felt like when I lost that person I loved. It's so I'm gonna close myself off and I'm not gonna get back up and I'm not gonna do anything. And then we all of a sudden we begin to do this. We we begin to begin to shake and we get down, and then before you know it, this is what we're doing. We're huddled up and we're clasped onto that balance beam. <sighs> then we do this. We look real goofy, first of all, doing this, but it's okay. We, we, we get down to the balance beam, and then we do this. I'm just gonna hang on. I'm just gonna hold on to the end, man. I'm, I'm just gonna survive. I'm gonna hang on. I'm gonna do just enough. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go to church once a month, maybe. And uh, if everybody's good, and I don't have a lot of the plans that are important. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna kind of get through there. I'm gonna give God about two percent, and I'm gonna hang on, and I'm gonna serve in the nursery because I feel guilty. I'm gonna hang on, and then we, then we do this. We say, God, I just want to hang on, and then you start praying this, Lord. I don't want to die in my sleep. I want to die comfortable. I want to just hang on the best. And then we do this. We somehow we want to live our life this way. And then when we want to do this, when we get to the end, we want to do the dismount. We want to come off. We want to come off the balance beam, and then we want to stand up. We want to do one of them. Let me ask you this. What, what does the judge do with that? D- does he look at his card and does he say, guys, well, they didn't fall, didn't bobble. They didn't even move. They did nothing. And then we want to do this, we want to have this big dismount in it. Don't live your life that way. Live your life giving everything for him. Give your life, trusting him in every way. What if you fall, man? Get up. What if you hurt? It's going to. What if something happens, man, and everything gets crazy in my life and everything gets difficult? Just trust him. Trust him. Just sermon everything to him. God's word says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, he says this. He says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen to God's voice, and in everything you do, everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. Man, don't assume that you know it all. Have you ever been guilty of that one? Come on. I know you guys feel like you know it all right now in that great milestone of your life. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God, run from evil. He says three things there He says, trust God, listen to God. And run to God. If we do those three things, if we live our life, if we just, I mean, get out on the beam, man. I want you, to, I want you guys to step out. I, I hate comfortable and Christian. They don't, that, those words don't mix. I want you guys to get out and trust him. I want you to do a triple axle, double knot, double gnaw. And I mean, <laughs> flip and triple lindy, man. I want you to do a triple lindy. And if you fall, I want, I want you to get back up. And I want you to say, God, I still trust you. I still love you. What you may do next? this is what he'll do. One day, because this is what will happen. One day, every person in this room will bow before that judge. Will bow before that God. Will come before him. And I don't want to bring him, well, I, I just did enough to get by. I did just a little bit. But, man, I tell you, my dismount was beautiful, God. Was it not? When I came into glory, I come in before your presence. Honey, out, man. I was ready. I mean, oh No. We're going to come before him. We're going to bow before this God. And here's what I want my life to look like, and I want your life to look like. Just a life of continual trust in him. A life of continually leaning on him, continually giving everything over to him. Charles Swinall said this. He says, the remarkable thing is, he said, we have a choice every day regarding the attitude that we will embrace for that day. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude that we will embrace for that day. Every day, guys, you're going to get up and make a choice and make a decision. Every day, each of us in this room will get up, make a choice, make a decision how we're going to embrace this day.